Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. And one second, one second, we're getting ready to begin. Boom. Play after the ad. One second, team. There we are. I'll pick it up. Pick it up. Now we're rolling. And welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Zanetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coach, bringing you the best available wrestling-specific information anywhere in the world. I'm Gene Zanetti, your mindset coach, wrestling mindset. Excellent. Okay, so we're back another week, fresh after the Beast of the East, fresh after the, um, I believe it was the U.S. Open for Greco. A lot of tournaments really kicking in high gear now with the season. Make sure if you haven't already, check out our our YouTube page, our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. It's all Wrestling Mindset. It's all the same name on there, so it's hard to go wrong. Mason, what's going on, brother? See the likes, see the stars. Good stuff. We did some excellent video analysis this week. Very good. Okay. So, yeah, if you haven't already, make sure you take a look at our um, website, WrestlingMindset.com, and make sure you check out um, our free one-on-one trial session. Big thing, getting that mind right during the season. Do the one-on-one calls for our wrestlers who've been on the program and make sure, you know, if you haven't already, look into one of the programs. At the very least, get the book. I mean, you know, it's, it's, only, it's less than 20 bucks. Christmas is here. And, I mean, get the totally different mindset um, on the sport. Everything that we talk about, it's really all just introductory until we, until we actually crack down and do the mindset exercises. And the book still, you know, um, represents a lot of the, the foundation for a lot of the worksheets that we put together. So the topic of the night topic of the night is going to be how to use practice to make your mindset better for a match. How to use practice to improve your mindset for the match day. So these are some uh, very practical, very simple uh, pieces of advice, which is, which is really excellent stuff that I wish we knew when we, were, um, when we were back in high school and some of our younger years, things we picked up in college and from other great sources. And number one, we'll start with the common sense. You have to practice the way you want to wrestle. So your habits and practice need to mimic a match real good real good example of that Quentin Wright 
what he spoke about was he would really make sure that mentally he put himself in the national finals. And he was a two-time NCAA champ, three-time finalist for Penn State. And he said he would really put himself there in practice. He would tell himself, okay, I'm, when there was 30 seconds left in the live go, he would say to himself, I need to get a takedown. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm down in the NCAA finals. Get the takedown. And he said a lot of people just kind of say they're doing that. But he's really, really putting himself there mentally, you know, to the point where he's, he's making it happen in practice. I think of Spencer Lee also. Um, if you saw our, our wrestling mindset post about his mental edge, what sets him apart from other people. And he said, you know, it's, it's simple. When he's in practice, he's trying to score 100, 200 points against his, his opponents. And now in practice, those are your friends. So the people that a lot of people are likely to, um, the exact type of person most people pull away from and don't go as hard with, they, he, goes, he goes just as hard. So treating matches the same as practice and treating matches and, and treating practices the same as matches and matches the same as practice. In other words, it works both ways. And where do we get this concept? But back in college, when I wrestled for the University of Pennsylvania, Jeff and I, oh, Zeke Jones, the head coach, world, world champion, silver medalist in the Olympics, one of the only wrestlers to be named, one of the only U.S. wrestlers to be named one of the most technical wrestlers in the world. And, and what did he do? He had the sports psychologist come in. He spoke to our team. He brought us the, the U.S. Olympic training, the U.S. sports psychology Olympic training manual, and he showed us um, this exercise. And so we have this for our wrestling mindset also, just much more specific. How are you going to make practices similar to a match? And how are you going to make matches similar to a practice? So you want to mimic the conditions. As we say always, live wrestling is live wrestling, whether it's done in practice, a competition, a tournament, in season, out of season, it doesn't matter. I think of, um, I think of a great story with Pete Rose, baseball player. We spoke about him at dinner. Um, my, my dad and I, we were saying how, you know, he's, Definitely has the credentials to be a Hall of Famer. And you had to love the intensity that he, that he played the game. One thing in the, that, that I remember a story about him on ESPN, on that sports century at the turn of the century, 2000, they had all like the best of the 20th century. And they showed Pete Rose when he, he was sliding into home. And I guess he, he ran the guy over. And he was out to dinner the night before. He and his wife, the catcher, and, um, and, and, and his wife, and the wife after the game, his, his wife scolded him. You know, that was the game-winning run. He knocked the guy over and, like, you know, pretty, pretty intense. And he said, you know, how could, how could you play like that? And a, lot of, and a lot of people were saying to him it was just an all-star game. And he said, what difference does it make if it's the all-star game or a preseason game or spring training? He said, if you're, if you're playing to win, it doesn't really matter what the conditions are. You're, you're trying to do the very best you can all the time. So – Take it from Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, definitely the credentials of a, of a, of a baseball Hall of Famer, and that's practice the way you want to play and not making distinctions between one game and the other. Well, in wrestling, we don't change. It's live wrestling. It's just live wrestling, whether it's practice or a match. So doing the same thing. So along the lines with that exercise we did with the sports psychologist back at Penn, we mimicking the conditions of a match. So in practice, if you're going to go live, might as well wear your singlet, might as well wear your headgear. And I'll be the first guy to say I wouldn't have wanted to wear my headgear. I definitely didn't care what my ears looked like, but that's not the point. It's not the point for um, what the ears look like. It's, I mean, that's a nice thing, too. That's a nice perk. But if you're going to have to win a national title or a state title or a wrestle-off, whatever situation you're in, if you're going to have to win the state title with the headgear, you should be wrestling live with the headgear. If you're going to have to win the state, uh, the state title or wrestle-off or nationals with a singlet on, you should be wrestling with a singlet on. You know, you look at, you look at video on, on the Russians, on the Iranians, you see their practices. They're practicing with singlets on. 
They don't wear headgear because internationally you can't wear headgear. So they're actually practicing and they're mimicking the conditions of a match in practice. Um, what, where else do you see this in a lot of times in, in jujitsu where, you know, uh, you saw the Gracie brothers and they used to come to the ring and in UFC, they had their gi on, right? That's the way they practiced. So when they went into the UFC, they wore the gi. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You, you want to practice the way you're going to play. And then at the same time, you want to play the way you practiced. So one of the topics we have for our wrestlers or one of the four main criteria of a pre-match routine uh, right before a match. So when we say pre-match routine, that's different than uh, your warm-up. Your warm-up is an hour before you step out there. <clears throat> the pre-match routine is the 15 minutes, 20 minutes right before you step on the mat to wrestle in the match. Now, most people practice five or six days a week you know, during the season, between four and six days a week. What do you usually do before you go live and practice? Go ahead. What do you usually do? You drill, right? So four to six days a week, this is your routine. Drill, go live. Drill, go live. Drill, go live. Drill, go live. So what do you think you should do before you wrestle a match when you're live wrestling? Right, you drill. Keep the conditions the same. Your body is physically and mentally prepared to drill and go live. But when match day comes, it's not usually like that. We do our warm-up, which I said is the hour before we step out there. And then we go, you know, we, we, we sit in the stands for a while, or maybe we stretch. Maybe we do some, some shadow drilling, some sprints back and forth. There's no human contact. So your motor's not even running before you step out on the mat. Physically and mentally, you're doing totally different conditions than you're used to in practice. And I think back to Tom Brands when he was talking about Brent Metcalf, and he said the number one thing for Brent Metcalf was get your motor running before you step on the mat. Don't, don't, um, don't get into a situation where you're, trying to, where you're trying to ease your way into a match. Right? We talk about Cale Sanderson when he came back to the World Championships a few years ago, back in 2011, after like a seven-year layoff. He, he took down the Azerbaijanian in the first, who was the eventual world champion. He took him down in the first five seconds of the match. That obviously means he's he was imposing his will he wasn't feeling him out he came on the mat ready to wrestle so you're going to be most likely ready to wrestle if you mimic the same conditions um as practice so drill before you step out there it doesn't have to be for a long time but when you're on deck when you're on when when you're on deck when you're on double deck get some drilling in the university of nebraska did a great job of this last year and you can't really argue with them um James Green, Jordan Burroughs, guys who were definitely great in high school, but they really kicked it up a notch when we went to Nebraska. You could see they're a well-coached team. Um, Rutgers, they're one of our teams. We beat them last year uh, when we wrestled them over at the Rack in New Jersey. Um, but I, I did really like that about Nebraska. They had their guys warming up. They were doing a great job warming up before they stepped out there on, on the mat. So that's, that, that's really an excellent thing. I also got this from my, my high school coach. He talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, drilling before you step out there, doing some simple hand fighting or, you know, just get a, take a couple shots so you feel like you're out there before a match. And I remember before my region finals, my senior year, I, I did just that. I drilled before I stepped out on the mat. And it's, it's a shame that, like, that was the only time I really thought to do it in that match instead of doing them for every single match. And sure enough, I was, I was named the region most outstanding wrestler that year. There's only of them in the state. So I was one of the eight most outstanding wrestlers in the regions. There's 14 state champs eight region OWs. So it was, it was a real big deal, but some, one of the plaques, plaque right here on the wall, pretty, pretty proud of that one. Um, really brought heat, but why? But why? 
because my, my matches mimicked my practice preparation drill before you go live. So make sure you include that as part of your pre-match routine. And again, in practice, make sure you're wearing headgear and um, your headgear, your singlet, you know. And, and another thing that we want to be aware of is, is to, uh, one more point I want to make with the drilling, actually. <laughs> to a, a great match I watched a few years ago, Rutgers and Ryder. I watched um, Nick Vizcaro and Ramon Santiago. They're both ranked in the country, 165. They were the last match of the night. It was when my brother Greg was over at Rutgers. And I watched them warm up. And I'm not putting these guys down because they're both great wrestlers. And I've seen them wrestle since they were kids. They're excellent. Um, they're more role models of what to do, not what not to do. But we're going to use this as a teaching tool right here. Well, I watched both of them warm up. They were the last match of the night, both ranked in the country. Not that we give a crap about rankings, but, you know, they're both very good. And, and one was jump roping. The other one was maybe doing some sprints or shadow drilling. There was no human contact, no human contact at all before they went out there to wrestle. And um, I remember thinking, like, mentally and physically, they're not ready to go. And what happened in the first period? Three-minute uh, first period in, in, in college, 0-0. Zero, zero. No major shot attempts, no flurries, no scrambles. It was basically just feeling each other out in the match. You know, you hear people say that. I, you know, I, I was feeling them out. Why are you feeling out another dude? That's weird. You know, <laughs> you should be imposing your will right away. So, you know, again, we're not picking on these guys. It's just they, they made a simple, mental, a simple but very common mental mistake. They didn't step out there in the same conditions that they would have in practice. There's no way. I watched these guys wrestle many times. There is no way that if they stepped out on the mat in practice, after doing a practice, doing their drilling, and they started wrestling, that would have been very exciting. There's no way at 0-0, or at very least not without major flurries, major scrambles, maybe shot attempts. These are both great wrestlers. But 0-0 um, first period went by, very boring. And, and, then the, and then the match wound up, I don't know, it was like a one-point match. I, I think Mr. Carroll beat him or whatever. But it was, the point is that could have been anyone's match had they been ready in that first period. And how many times that happened to me? Sure, plenty. And I'm sure it's happened to you and other people. I know it's happened to many people around the nation. One of the top things coaches and parents say to us is my kid wasn't ready to go when he stepped out on the mat. One of the top things that our wrestlers say to us is I didn't feel good until the second or third period. What is that? Same thing we're talking about here. They weren't physically and mentally ready to do the job that they do every day in practice. So we have to mimic those conditions. Um, question about that, um, single underneath versus over. I, you know, I, I would say um, I, I, would, I would try to kick into a straight singlet when you're going to wrestle live. You could wear whatever when you drill. And I don't, I don't mind you drilling with, um, with, with sweats if you had to get some weight off. But definitely when you're going live, if you're not wearing a singlet, you should definitely be, be wearing shorts and a T-shirt. So this goes for anyone who has to cut any kind of weight. You don't wrestle live with sweats on. That is not the time or the place to do that. Put the sweats on after, and then after practice, if you want to run around a little bit, stretch. Don't take the sweats off until after you stretch so you get every last drop out of sweat. But live wrestling, that is not the time or place. You should never be wearing um, sweats when you're going live. That's just eating into your workout. And it's not mimicking the conditions that we're talking about here. So make sure mimicking the conditions that we're going to be in um, in a match. Make sure we do that in practice. Stance and motion. Talked about that this week going over the video, and it's important. And we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this many times. Coming up out of our stance, bringing our stance up a little bit too high when we're, when we're, when we're drilling in practice. Uh, my coach in our basement, my personal coach, Don Ernst, he used to he put pieces of tape all along the wall in the basement. We have a mat in our basement. And we had pieces of tape going around the wall. So I could tell if I was coming up out of my stance. My head was, I could look and I could see tape everywhere. 
So if you're a coach, I recommend setting that up in your room. If you're a wrestler and you can't put tape up in your room, have, have spots on the wall that you know your head can come above. And you're going to have to – this is physical preparation as well as mental. Mentally, you know when, when you're drilling, when you're going live, you're down in your stance. The only time you should be standing up, definitely not in between drills. It's like coach brings it in to show a move. Coach blows a whistle. Until you hear a whistle, you should be down in your stance, building that strength in your hamstrings, your glutes, your lower back, but you've got to be ready. Other thing, we have to have ready hands. In other words, our hands aren't rest, our elbow isn't rested on our knees, our hands aren't on our knees. Those are lazy attitudes. I'm guilty of it many times. Um, my coach Don slapped the crap out of my hand many times because many times <laughs> because hand elbow down on the uh, down on the knee or hands on the knees. So it's really just a matter of practicing the way you want to compete. If you want to compete with that attitude, it's got to start in practice. So no lazy attitudes. So no hands on the knees, no elbows resting on the knees. In fact, my coach would tell us that if, if at any point in time, Zeke would tell us this, and I know he's telling Arizona State this right now um, down there in Phoenix, and he said this at the National Wrestling Coaches Convention last year in Fort Lauderdale. He tells his wrestlers that if someone steps on the line, elbow on the knee, shoot right off the whistle because that means all their weight is on that foot. All their weight's on that foot. So hold on, I dropped my phone here. Busy hands. <laughs> but there we go. If I, if I come to the line, my hand's on my knee or my elbow's on my knee, he instructs his wrestlers to shoot right away. So you should have, a, have an attack to each side so you can do that to your opponents. But don't let that happen to you. Hands are ready. Always in our stance. You know, too many guys, we, we drill, and, and what happens? We, cut, we come up, we shake it out, and then we get down in our stance. And our lower back, our glutes, our hamstrings, it's not developing the proper muscle. And also mentally, we're coming out of it. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, hey, believe me, my coach, I got reprimanded many, many times for this. <laughs> so that's why it's an important point. Also, wrestling by the wall. This was something Coach Sachi used to tell us when I was at Rutgers uh, before I transferred to Penn. He would say, look at the walls. What do you notice about the walls? They have mats on them, right? They have mats, they have mats on them. So in other words, he wanted us wrestling off the walls. Do not stop wrestling by the wall. Now, of course, there's, always, there's exceptions to this rule. Sometimes it's very clear you're by the wall. But basically, he wanted to, you know, grab your partner, like turn him, move off the wall, like compete close to the wall. Don't just stop because you get next to the wall. Because what happens is then we get by the out of bounds. Then we start to think about the out of bounds. So how does that attitude begin? But in practice, not really thinking too much about what we're up against. You know, if we're by the wall, we're by the wall. Keep wrestling. Circle your, par your partner in, you know. And again, back to Spencer Lee. Score as many points as you physically can, you know. And, and this is a great time to build up that alter ego. If some of you watched our, our video that we had at um, our, our Facebook Live from J.P. Stevens, our alma mater, last year we ran a practice. We talked about building that alter ego, probably the wildest topic that we've ever made. I'm starting to write the book on that. Um, I guess I don't, have any, I don't have anything yet because it's just only four pages long. It's actually on this computer that's supporting my, my phone. I'm actually looking into my phone. But, um, yeah, we're going to start that book on the alter ego and really how to turn yourself into a beast. How do you go from, you know, a nice, polite, respectful person off the mat into absolute beast mode when you, when you do step on the mat? And, again, we're not saying doing anything dangerous or, or illegal or anything cheap. We're saying play fair and square and buy the rules. But when you step on the mat, you have to say within the rules, I got the right to kill this guy. Again, we're speaking metaphorically. 
So, but you're, you, you have that attitude where you're willing to stuff the person, and that's got to begin in practice. So one of the things we talk about is that in practice, really write down, you want to you keep a list and write down how many times you score 50 points on someone. You know, you make it a little bit of a game with yourself. So if you pin the guy, it counts as 10 points. If it counts as, right, CJ, flip the switch, right, beast mode. So, yeah, just b- being able to, you know, you, you get a takedown, two points, obviously. Near fall, three points, right, two or three points, whatever it is. You pin the person, you count that as 10 points. But try to score 50 points against as many people as you can and actually keep a list of that. Now, you don't want to show this to anyone. The point of this is not to show anyone up or to make anyone look bad. But you want to see this in your head, that you're capable of scoring a lot of points, and it numbs you to the feelings of your friends. Now, obviously, you want the person to be somewhat of a um, – a formidable adversary like if you're wrestling if you've been wrestling for the past you know seven years and you're wrestling a complete beginner that's not what we're talking about here someone who's who's somewhat close to you and even sometimes this is a good thing what we what we were talking about cj just a good point and that's when um you know you're at a situation where maybe you're a lot better than the people in the in the room you know some some of these high schools maybe you don't have the best competition in the room do things to make yourself tired to even up the playing field so, like, as an example, if you're way better than everyone in your room, go out and run run five sprints before you go live. In other words, like a self-handicapping, like, take some energy out of you before you wrestle live. And I should have done that. I should have done that every time. There's no reason, like, in high school, when it was, there really wasn't anyone, you know, it wasn't competitive around my weight. You've got to find ways to do it. I should have did 50 push-ups before I went live. I remember one practice junior year. So, we had, um, guy was pretty tough, the weight class above me. And the coach threw me in the middle. It was like a, not a shark bait, but everyone was running around the room. He threw me in the middle and he sent people in after me, like one after the next. And like everyone, I was just low single takedown, low single takedown, low single takedown. And um, a tough guy, Ron Cordero, 145, the weight class above me. And I, and I knew what he was going to do. He was going to, he was saving this guy until I was tired. And one guy, you know, I take one guy down, take the next guy down, take the next guy down. Well, finally he starts to see him getting tired. And then he calls in, Ron, get in there. Now, he was, he, was tough. he was a tough kid. He wasn't a great wrestler, but, I mean, he was, he was tough. And he wrestled for, for, you know, a few years himself. Anyway, he took me down. I was pissed. You know, I was on the verge of tears. And I probably was crying a little bit, too, definitely whimpering as I started running around. because then I was out of the middle. Now I'm running around the room. And I remember being, like, pretty embarrassed. And, and I know what that's like. Now you got to go home. you gotta tell your, you got to tell your parents. You know, your dad asks you, how did you do in, how'd you do in the room? And, and, yeah, and then you, say, you feel guilty not saying it, so you say, I got taken down. It's like, well, why'd you get taken down by this guy? Oh, he got a lot better, huh? You got to hear that kind of crap. And who wants to hear that? You know, I get it. I'd be the first one to say, you know, that's why my brother Greg, he, he didn't say anything at the house. <laughs> nonetheless, no, our dad wasn't hard on us. But nonetheless, you don't want to hear it from your parents sometimes. So where are we going with that story? I should have been doing that all the time. I should have been asking the coach to put me in those positions. And then once I got good and tired, send in the best possible guy. I should have been running sprints and then got into go live. So if you have to handicap yourself a little, do it, but make it competitive for yourself. That's the point. Make it competitive. Otherwise, you know, you're just not going to be ready for those matches. And like Quentin Wright said, really, really, truly think about it. Like I'm in, the, I'm in my goal match, whatever your goal match is, the state finals, the wrestle off, the NCAA finals, the national qualifier, whatever it is, mentally put yourself there in practice. But that ad- that attitude has to begin there. That had to that has to begin right there. It can't um it can't just spring up on on that day. Yeah, try to break yourself and your partner every day. In fact, Zeke used to tell us that's a good point, Connor. 
what um, Zeke used to tell us was find a partner, break him, get another partner, break him, then get another partner and break them. And again, we're saying a word be, we're the adversary. It's like, you know, first day wrestler. We're at Hofstra, you're good. You're wrestling college guys. But a lot of high school guys, if you're wrestling a first, you know, year wrestler, that's, that's you know, don't do that. <laughs> if you could help it. All right. And making sure we're pulling the trigger. The one other thing, one other point I want to make, and we cover this all on our worksheets and we're doing our, our whole um, wrestling mindset series. We're taking you through the, the mental workouts. We go through this, we go through this kind of stuff, trying moves. Don't just try moves in practice. Try them in matches. Both times. Try the moves in matches and practice. Like, we have too many guys that say to themselves, well, and I hear the, this because I asked them what they were thinking before practices and matches, their best matches, their worst matches. And, and what do they say? Well, it was practice, so I was trying moves. And I said, hey, you know, whether you're practice or a match, if it's open, hit it. Don't just, don't just you know, hey, oh, it's practice so I could try things. If it's open in a match, pull the trigger. Do it. You know, so don't just think you could only try to do moves in, in practice. And that's one of the biggest mental mistakes we see, guys, holding back, wrestling too cautious, conservative, and hesitant in, in, in practice, in matches, because they don't have the same attitude. Mentally, usually this is what people think in practice. This doesn't count. This doesn't mean anything. It's no big deal. It doesn't matter if I win or lose. You know, who cares? Just try stuff. Sound familiar? That's what most people think in practice doesn't mean anything, you know, just, just have fun, right? Then in matches, we change our mindset completely, and we, and we start telling ourselves, this is it, now or never, do or die, make it or break it, this is what counts, this is what I've been training for, all that hard work is going into right now. Now look, that might be the case, but you don't have to keep telling yourself that. That's the key. In, if, it's, if you're a third or fourth grade wrestler, and you haven't really wrestled very long in your life, it's like, okay, then you could tell yourself, hey, you got to get ready, this is a match, this is what counts. But I'd assume most people on this call are not beginner wrestlers. You understand you're trying to win. You understand the significance of some matches versus other matches. So you don't remind yourself of that. That's, that's garbage. It's extra crap that's going to be in your head. So stop focusing on that. Just treat it like any other match. If you're wrestling well and you're telling yourself this doesn't count, this doesn't mean anything, just try moves, just be aggressive. Um, you know, it's, all, it's all practice. It's just live wrestling. If you're wrestling well with that attitude, why in the world would you change it up on a match? It makes no sense at all. I did it. I did it. <laughs> so I'm not pointing the finger at anyone. It's just let's be aware of it. We're at a more, um, if you want to say, enlightened state. Wrestling mindset has, has enlightened the wrestling world on these, on these issues. And, and, it's, and it's, it's also because we've just seen the sheer volume that people, we've, we've helped hundreds, you know, thousands of people around the country. Um, we've talked to, you know, again, thousands and thousands of wrestlers of all different levels youth, middle school, high school, college, you know, the Olympic level. And it's, and it's like you're seeing the same things over and over and over. So after a while, it becomes common sense. But just make sure you learn these lessons. Like, I get fired up about it because I wish I knew this when I was sitting in your shoes, when I had that kind of opportunity. So what are you going to do? We get it back with personality, right? We apply it to our business and keep, pay keep paying it forward to you guys <laughs> and, and gals. When I say guys, obviously, I'm generic. We have, you know, guys and girls doing our program. All righty. So any other questions that I could help with? Take chances and make up for them with hustle. Exactly right. Definitely. CJ, all about it. Charlie Sledgehammer. Destroyer. All right. If we have any questions on the conference call, please press star one. If not, you could write them on Facebook. I think I saw one about music. Um, 
yeah, sometimes about wrestling with music when you go live, it's good to do both. It's good to wrestle um, live with music and without music. Sometimes it makes it more fun, and it's like you're going to be spending a lot of time wrestling live, so you might want to have that. But definitely have some times where you're, where you're just wrestling without music. And what Penn State does, and I know when Frank Molinaro was helping coach at Rutgers, they, they do like a match day where the guys have to wear a singlet and headgear, and they would put them out on the mat in front of everyone, and that makes, it, that makes it feel more like a match. And again, I'd be the last person who wants to do this. I didn't like having that kind of tense, competitive feeling, but that's exactly what I needed because that's what's going to happen in a match. Right? I would rather go live when everyone else in the room is going live. I'm being real candid with you right here. I, I wouldn't have liked it if Coach said, hey, you guys got to wear singlets and headgear. Why? Because mentally I had a lot of things going on that were, that were messing me up. Too much prey mindset. The whole day I would have been thinking about it like, oh, man, I got to wrestle this guy. And what if I win? What if I lose? I want to beat him. You know, and is he ha-? You know, I, I would think all these prey thoughts. But this way, if you have practice matches where sometimes you wrestle someone after practice, singlet, headgear, if you can have a ref or, or a friend, uh, have, a, have a coach or a friend referee the match, it doesn't even matter if they're an official ref or not. The point is for you to feel like you're out there in a match. This way you could just snap it on. Like when, when it's time to go, it's like, hey, it's no big deal. This is what I do. And that's exactly what makes the best competitors the best because when it's time to wrestle live or it's time to, you know, play a game of ping pong or, you know, doing a push-up contest, it's not a big deal. They could just snap it on and say, hey, no big deal. Let's go do it. You know, whereas I think that was probably one of my mental mistakes where I would think a lot about, oh, you know, I, I got to do well. Like, I, I can't lose. Right. And it's like putting the competition on a pedestal instead of just treating it like practice. Like for me, everything felt like the big game. And, and that's why everyone needs a mindset coach. You know, back to the program, why it's so important to be doing these one on one calls and to be doing the mindset program. If I were to start competing now, I, I still have some some mental holes in my game as a competitor that I would need to address. I would need to work with one of our mindset coaches just because I'm just because I could, I could teach the material, teaching the material and doing it are two different things. And that's why when I'm taking the wrestlers through these worksheets and these, and and the mindset workouts, these, these mental exercises, they're the ones who are training, not me. I'm giving them the material. They're the ones writing it down. They're the ones thinking it through it. They're the ones reviewing their worksheet. They're the ones coming up with the words, creating the alter ego, um, writing down what they're going to think in different situations, visualizing it after, writing down their best and worst matches. They're the ones doing the mindset training, not me. So I would need to do that. I would absolutely need to do that if I were to start competing again. And that goes for both my younger brothers, who are all, you know, <laughs> pretty serious wrestlers. Jeff, being, Jeff and myself being ranked in the top 20, and Greg being ranked as high as sixth. Yeah, there's definitely still some confidence and and um and relaxing under pressure and present moment issues in all three of us. So um. The wrestling mindset wasn't available when we were your age. Well, now you have it. So it's a great thing. Make sure you're doing it. Uh, we're real happy to help you out with all this. Uh, Austin, okay, we'll take one question. When I start a match aggressively, take a few shots, but then I'll start to get timid and stop shooting. Why? How do I get away from this? All right, well, chances are what's happening is once you get a shot blocked, you're getting discouraged. And I remember I could think back to that, um, that region finals match over here. Again, I stumbled upon this mindset. I didn't have a plan. We teach wrestlers how to have this mindset proactively ahead of time. Me, I just kind of fell upon it, which um, it worked out great, but it would be even better if you had a plan. So I was in that region finals match. Um, got, again, I was all very aware of the ranking. I knew the kid was ranked ahead of me. I knew the guy placed in the state. I had all this prey mindset and BS going on in my head. But one thing I did well was I, I got in on his leg and he staled me out. 
and then I got in on his leg, and he staled me out again. And I remember thinking to myself, I'll just keep getting in on his leg all day. Like, I will keep getting in. I'll eventually finish. I remember thinking, like, if I keep getting his leg, I'm going to finish. So I kind of stumbled upon it, you know, just telling myself the right positive um, things. Now, that, that could have easily went the other way. I've had many matches where it went the other way. And why? Why the inconsistency? Why the up and down? Because I didn't have a plan. Some days you fall into it. Some days you don't. But when you're going through these worksheets, these mindset exercises, you'll have that plan so you know what you're telling yourself in those moments. That should have never been – that issue should have never been in doubt. And I remember watching um, one of the NCAA semifinal matches. I'm not going to um, – I'm, I'm not going to mention any names or anything because, again, I'm guilty of doing these things too. But NCAA semifinals, um, one of the guys kept getting in on the leg, and the guy kept stalemating him over and over. And it happened like three times. And I remember one of my former high school coaches said, oh, well, he's, he's very discouraged because he's, um, you know, he's not getting the takedown. Like he, he, he keeps getting the leg. Man, it's so demoralizing to get the leg and not finish. And, and, and yeah, it is. But look, I was, I was able to do it. And I was, I was able to do it, and maybe this guy didn't that match, but it's because he didn't have a plan. And, again, I just fell into it. I could have easily been that other guy who, who, who it failed with. So instead of being up and down with our intensity, we want, to be, we want to be straight through. We want to make sure that we have a plan. We know exactly what we're going to do. So when we get to that moment, it's not, um, it's not a guessing game. And that's what too many wrestlers are doing. We're playing a guessing game. We are rolling the dice. You were rolling the dice with your wrestling career, not having a mindset coach. And that is a problem. That's going to come back and bite you. So make sure you take the bull by the horns with that. Austin, you're good. You have, you have a mindset, Coach. But, but a lot of people out there, you know, this is um, it's serious business. Question on the call? Um, I have one. Yes. Uh, when some people, how they get discouraged when they, take, when they take shots and they get blocked, I actually have, I actually have a different bad habit. I tend to just keep going at the legs without setting it up, just not really setting it up, just keep impatiently attacking yeah. the leg, like basically just shooting into his guard. What my thing is I just get really reckless, and that's my coaches tell me that too. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. So there, there's like the difference between choking and panicking. Uh, when we saw this in um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, oh, boy, what the dog saw. It wasn't Outliers. What the dog saw. Maybe it was David and Goliath which was the, I, th- I think it was David and Goliath, the, the, um, the art of the underdog or something like that. Well, they talk about the difference between choking and panicking. And, it, and in choking, it's when we don't pull the trigger, right? We're, we're, um, we, we hold back what we can do. And panicking is, is like kind of the opposite. We just, we just keep doing, doing, doing. And um, <clears throat> match I think about with my brother Greg, his senior year, a very painful one I, I know for him. And, you know, I've made these mistakes too. But again, we, these are all teaching tools. That's why we bring them up. Um, against the Princeton kid, he, he was just like, he just kept shooting the same shot over and over and over. And he was not like, he wasn't really set. He, or he kept doing the same exact setup, like tap, fake, tap, fake, tap, fake, go, tap, fake, go. And it looked like he was in a complete panic. So we, we don't want to be either one of those. When we say set up your shots, that's why we're very big with having your best three. What are your best three? What are your best three shots? You know, your, um, your power offense, as we say, your best two or three takedowns, your best two or three moves on top, your best two or three moves on bottom, and you're, you're, you're using, you know, you're working all of them interchangeably based on what the situation calls for. But, um, yeah, we don't want to be one or the other because sometimes we're just, we just keep shooting. You know, some guys choke, other guys panic. 
And I feel like that might have sometimes been me also, where it's just shooting a lot. And it's like, that's, that's not what we're talking about either. So I think if you tell yourself what you're telling yourself in practice, if, if in matches you start telling yourself the same things as you're saying in practice, it probably won't happen. And the same thing, if you're making those match conditions similar to practice, you're drilling before, um, you know, you're telling yourself the same things. This doesn't count. This doesn't mean anything. It's just another day in the office. It's just live wrestling. That should help this whole situation because really it's not, you know, our, our body is dumb. Our body can't do anything on its own. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever our mind tells it to do. So, you know, the body's just going to do whatever your mind tells it to do really. So just be, just telling yourself the right things. You won't be as nervous. You won't panic as much. All right. Good question though. Cause yeah, everyone reacts differently. You know, and I've, I've been on both sides of that coin. So it's a good question. All right, so I guess we will close it down. We have spiritual strength coming up at 9 and, well, at 10 p.m. Eastern time, so that's 25 minutes from now. Again, make sure you go on our website, check out wrestlingmindset.com. Make sure you sign up for one of our free trial sessions or one of the programs, at least get the book. I mean, you might as well, you might as well. it's Christmas time and everyone likes to have a gift. At least this is something that you keep learning more and more of. You make it, you make it, um, you make it fun. You know, making practicing it the way you want to train in a match, practice the way you want to compete in a match, and wrestle in a match the way you practice, and they build off each other. That's a reciprocal interaction. All right, team. Great stuff. We're going to call the night, and we're going to play mindset. We're going to play Eye the Tiger, bring it home, and then spiritual strength in 24 minutes, same number, spiritual strength. We'll see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.